Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Hi, Megan. Thank you. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. This is the place that we are, and it is Bad Movies Rock, and you are here, and I welcome you. Beautiful. Thank you, Amber. I feel so loved and welcomed. I, I didn't offer that, uh, no, that I thing. I said I, I offered welcoming, and then you mm-hmm. took the mile that is apparently love. You got love from that. Um, I did. I take it where I can grab it, Amber. Damn. How Caucasian of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. I'll just take whatever's lying around. It's mm-hmm. mine now. <laughs> you offered me welcome? I take love. <laughs> That's my fault. I should have yep. learned my lesson. Should have, Amber. Huh. Well, what brings us here today? Amber, we watched Gone in 60 Seconds. We did? Mm-hmm. We, we finally did. Oh, that takes me back. Year to, 2000. To, like to an hour ago? Or like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was, it's been Good. a long hour in between mm-hmm. watching it and then talking about it. And also it takes me back to the year 2000 when it came out. Okay? Jeez. Yeah. Come Fair. on. Jeez. Cool. Great. Good. I can have a hazy memory day. Of course you can. You watch, Did you watch this in the theaters, Amber? I don't remember Back if I watched the it in the theaters. I, I actually think I did watch it in the theaters because I, I was a junior in high school at this point. Mm-hmm. So there was there was some latitude in my ability to go places. Cars at this point were owned and driven by my peers and occasionally myself. Although mm-hmm. <laughs> the car that we had was iffy. You, if you stopped too suddenly in it, um, mm-hmm. it wouldn't go anymore it would only go in reverse so it wouldn't go into any gears other than reverse if you stopped too suddenly it's a real eleanor huh it was a real eleanor so yeah maybe i didn't see this in the theaters yeah i feel like i saw this in the theater with my brother but maybe with some of the stops too if that's that's the feeling i get out of this movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure yeah but this would have been the year before the summer before i moved to california I was still many years away from California. I had to do college first. Yeah. Well, this was my first move to California, not my second move to California. You had a lot of moves to California. Yeah, true. I got it done right the first time. Okay. (laughs) All right, Amber. Got in 60 seconds. It's got an extensive, complicated plot that I'm just going to sum up. It's going to take me some time, take me some, some tries. You're going to have to do a lot of editing here. And away we go. I mean, I know you're kidding, but there's a good chance that might still happen. It's actually true. I know. I've been off my game in in this knopsizing world. You've just been watching too many movies you haven't seen before. Yeah. I I need to talk out the plot because I'm not very smart. Oh, yes. No, being able to remember the plot of a stupid movie is a sign of intelligence. (laughs) Yup. Yeah. Exactly right. That's one of the main ones, actually. Math and movie plots. Yep. All right. So, <laughs> all right. This movie, it stars uh, Giovanni Ravisi, and he plays Kip. And so Kip is Nicolas Cage's younger brother. And Kip gets into trouble because he has um, agreed to do a boost for um, Christopher Eccleston, who's a... A British gangster, Amber. They bring in a British gangster for this. It's 
pretty great. And in America and baseball hating British gangster who also loves mm-hmm. carpentry. Yep. They they make it very clear from the get-go that he hates baseball and so you're therefore supposed to hate him. Um anyway, he's he's named Kalitri. So, um Kip and his friends uh like I can't remember they're they're like 12 or 20 cars in to their 50 car um boost and uh the idiots get tracked down by the uh, police uh, who are played by uh, Delroy Lindo and Amber Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, you forgot about that. I never forget a Timo movie. I know. I just like it doesn't. He, you know, he's not in a ton of it, and he doesn't. He's only semi Timothy Oliphanty. Isn't this like his third movie or something? It's it's early. It's early days. It's early. Yeah. So he doesn't have he doesn't have the same swagger in this movie as he does in most things. So Kip and his folks get, um, essentially they they don't get caught, but the, all the cars that they had collected got caught. Um, and they're in big, big trouble because uh, Christopher Eccleson is not a forgiving gangster. Um, all right, so Nick Cage has to um, come, he's out the game, Amber. He's been out the game for like six years and he gets back, pulled back into the game to save his brother Kip's life. Uh, Nick Cage puts together his team, um, and then, of course, Kip brings in his team because, uh, you know, they have to have the hilarity of the two teams working together. And they boost a bunch of cars, uh, car races, car chases, ridiculous. They uh, steal all the cars, and then they kill the bad guy at the end. The end. Wow, you, you started with a lot of detail. <laughs> uh-huh. And then... You got really, really vague. Okay, well, I guess we're done here. Uh, well, well condensed. Clear. Very right, clear Amber? plot. Everybody knows what's going on. Honestly, it's not a complicated movie. So no. I feel like anybody who hasn't seen it but listened to the past, I don't know how many minutes, Two. Has, has as firm a grasp on this as we do. Yeah, exactly. On to the critics' they bo- corner. They boost a bunch of, bunch of cars. The end. All right, Amber. So Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this a 25% and the audience gave it a 77. Yeah, 35 for the critics, 86 for the audience on Metacritic. 86. Wow. That's the the like this might be the movie with like the biggest like uh distance between the critics and the audience in both um both Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. It's definitely up there. It's it's a standout. Yeah. Which is usually our sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, yeah. I mean, my critics basically said that um, they actually said there's too much plot and not enough car chases was how they would like to sum it up. I did not come across reviews that were like that. And most of mm-hmm. them complained about the lack of plot or sense or purpose or direction. Some of them called it a very long car commercial. Uh, yeah, no, they, they, they were not impressed or amused by this movie. Although I did find, they were just reviews that amused me. Yeah. Or, sorry, review blurbs. I always, I always say Mm -hmm. reviews as though I've read them. No, Mm -hmm. we're using services that allow us to judge an entire review based on the blurb that somebody chooses. I choose to trust the chooser, and I have not been let down so far. Mm -mm. Uh, One that stood out for me was the New York Post, Lulu Minnick. Uh, he mentioned that Angelina Jolie, despite having star billing, was also the ninth largest part behind seven humans and a dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But it was still yeah. a 63% review. One of the few positive reviews. That's funny. We have Jonathan Rosenbaum of Reader. Liked it better than both Mission Impossible movies that had been made up to that point. I saw that one. I yes, was, it's great. I was intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Ebert. <laughs> Roger Ebert gave this a 50%. And this is the kind of movie that ends up playing on the TV set over the bar in a better movie. Damn. Roger. Wow. Damn. Ouch. That's a pretty good burn. Yeah. yeah I don't agree, is. but that's a pretty good burn. Mm-hmm. The thing that bothered me the most, shockingly, came from A.O. Mm-hmm. Scott. I don't know A.O. Scott. I don't really know anything about him other than the fact that he lauded a movie that should be used as a metric to judge whether or not a person is criminally ignorant. <laughs> that being uh-huh. said, <laughs> this review just makes me like him even less because uh-huh. he, it's, it's a 50% scored review. The blurb says, this new version is mindless, hot-rotting fun, especially for those with a weakness for vintage cars hurtling down city streets. Fine so far. A group whose members include Psy, me. So he wrote out, dash, 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 the word Psy, dash, 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 and me. So what he's letting you know, fair, Uh fair listener and reader of this review, is that he really digs vintage cars. But he's a little bit embarrassed about it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, this is a great movie if you really enjoy, like, vintage hot rods hurtling down city streets, which <laughs> is me, I, I too. Guess. I guess. I mean, I mean you know. <laughs> caught me red-handed. I'm a bit of a car guy. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I mean, not not in real life. I don't know you. I don't know what you're about. But, dude, come on. Yeah. There were a lot of reviews that were like, this is f- only for car lovers. Which it's like... But were they I also don't... strangely humble brags? Like, no, the they were not. No, no one but A.O. Scott could do that shit. Damn, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bunch of cars going fast. Yeah. And people yeah. talking about cars. But not even really yeah. technically talking about cars. No. Probably the mm. most technical car speech that happens is during the makeout scene between Angelina Jolie oh, and geez. Nick Cage, where he's just naming parts of he's cars. Just yeah, he's like carburetor, which I <laughs> fuel don't injection. I guess. <laughs> and does make sex out more? talk usually just involve saying things that titillate you? Nipple. I... <laughs> Buttock. <laughs> Penis. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes amber weenus no no weenus is a little some people are really into elbows i don't know yeah sure earlobe okay i would say that there's more in this movie that's enjoyable besides just like looking at cars like they're they're enjoyable relationships there's car chases there's like i don't need to know my cars to enjoy this movie i suppose is what i'm saying uh, yeah i know ao scott <laughs> And none of us are. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't have such a close personal relationship with my thesaurus and such a little relationship with morality. But, mm-hmm. oh, man, I got to get off of this. I don't know him. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but I do use this as a metric for how little I care about cars. Because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this movie when yeah. I saw it as a kid. I still enjoy it now. It amuses me. It entertains me. But I still don't give a shit about cars. It's not like me enjoying this movie made me think, hey, I must like cars. Or in order to be able to identify with the characters in it, 
in such a way that makes me feel fulfilled, maybe I should become more interested in vintage cars or fancy cars. And no, I don't care. I still don't care. And I never will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's just not my deal. Mm-hmm. So it's for us too, Megan. Yeah. It is. It is. And not I a car hater. It. I'm more of a car indifferencer. Mm-hmm. I'm a car well-wisher and that I don't wish them any particular harm. <laughs> it's so nice of you. Um, yeah. I, so the things that I will say about this movie um, is that there's a scene with um, Chai McBride and I guess he's like a car driver instructor and it's just it, it pulls out all the stereotypes um he's teaching a young asian woman to drive and she can't drive ah ha ha ha, ha. and then he says he lists the ways that she can't drive and then he says you know you shouldn't drive just like i can't swim so i shouldn't get into a pool and so now we've got another stereotype and then she starts to cry because you know women to get what they want they cry it's just like a scene of like, just keep upping the ante of like, racist sexism stereotypes. But isn't it okay because it's the black man saying that he can't swim and so he keeps his black ass out of the water? <sighs> and it's not like they're making an obvious comparison between that racial stereotype and the racial stereotype of Asian women not being able to drive. Yeah. Definitely, they're not drawing a direct line between those two things mm -hmm. in that moment for no reason. Well, yep. sorry, for uh, a reason. For comedic effect. For comedic ha, ha, ha. effect? Yeah, and then and then just go ahead, throw in women crying to get what they want. Because why not just one more thing? Yeah, why would I start crying when I have two perfectly good boobs? Oh, good point, Amber. It, it's a callback, though. She, she, You see her later in the DMV crying because she... Um, failed her written test, so. I mean, not that it is unacceptable to cry when you become overwhelmed. Crying is a perfectly sure. legitimate thing to do. However, when you're clearly using it to fake cry to get your way, yeah, that's gross. Don't do that. And also, stop assuming that women are doing that. Yeah. So it's not a tool. It's a reaction. Yeah. Don't you like judge me? Agreed. Absolutely agree. Um, yeah, it was a whole 30 seconds of, like, delete this and guess what you've eliminated three really stereotypical gross things out of the movie yep uh second piccadillo mm -hmm. there's only one woman in it and i do agree with that ultimately positive review angelina jolie's part is tiny yeah it is yeah and they do use the f word for gay again as like a just a just a throwaway line the throwaway shit line yeah nice fun yep. interjection of completely unnecessary homophobia thank you yeah thanks 2000 movie guess we were still there in 2000 guess we're still there now because the world's a shit show but anyway yeah you can leave the juvenile humor in i don't care that it only took five minutes to get to a masturbation joke yeah masturbation joke great not That's funny fine. but fine i don't i don't care that somebody had to go rooting through dog shit fine fine they had people of color in it yeah the roles were somewhat stereotypical for some of them especially there's a there's a surprise appearance by michael like a baby face to michael pena oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah give me more women obviously mm -hmm. but cars are a man's world amber <laughs> my bad all right let's get out of the critics corner okay. did some bad things movie 
We don't appreciate those things. Do better fucking 2000s. Mm-hmm. Also, critics... <sighs> 25 and, like, yeah. Really? Really, guys? I, just, it's a dumb movie, but it's fun. This, yeah. is, this is a 50% movie. It is... Did you see Nicolas Cage acting all Nicolas Cagey? Come on. He was Hilarious. actually surprisingly muted in this one, but there were some, some good There's cage, some moments. cage moments. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so see ya, see ya, you 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 useless hacks. I'm sorry, I don't mean that, baby. I I I still love you. You don't. You don't love the critics. Oh, that's right. I don't. I don't still love you, and I'm not sorry, and I don't have to apologize. Good for you, Amber. I am a strong, powerful woman. Amber, are you crying to get your way again? No, it is a perfectly natural reaction. I'm showing you my boobs to get my way. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, Amber. This movie starts. With a very weird beginning, but then it goes into one of the best beginnings. Yeah, I love that I've self-edited the actual mm-hmm. beginning. Like, the, the true first moments intro of this movie are always shocking to me. I'm always mm-hmm. like, wait, did they replace the good intro with this bullshit? No, I just forgot it existed because for some inexplicable reason, the first, I don't know, 30 to 60 seconds is this really intense electronic music and this animation of us inside of a stopwatch that's ticking down for some reason and then it slides into the continued credit sequence but a much better song starts playing and you start looking around what appears to be you know the the detritus of an adult car thief's life yep (laughs) lots of stereos and boosting items and bobbleheads and family pictures it's it it's it's odd it is odd that those they're two separate openings for some inexplicable reason with two different songs. Yeah, it's like they couldn't choose which one they should do. So they just, just did both. Um, but it's uh, Flower by Moby. And it's uh, it's it's such a good, such oh, a good song. Yeah, like it's, it's, it makes me it makes me smile. It makes me smile every mm-hmm. time I, I'm watching Gone in 60 Seconds if I hear that song. Or I'm thinking yeah. about watching Gone in 60 Seconds if I hear that song. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I was telling Amber that because of that song and this was like the early 2000s so like it you know it was harder to like just find a song on youtube or like listen to any song you wanted so i definitely bought the gone in 60 seconds soundtrack oh yeah no you you had to buy the album if you loved a song Mm -hmm. yeah well you half the time you didn't even know or or couldn't find an easy way to learn what the name of that one song was or who the artist was yeah, like unless absolutely. you unless you waited around for the credits, mm-hmm. you didn't know that that was Flower by Moby. Nowadays, right. you're watching this on Amazon Prime. You just hit the little up button, and it tells you while you're watching the movie. Thank I you, X right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, do enjoy that feature. Yeah, no, I do too. And like, who's in the scene? And like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then great. seconds later, you can be listening to Flower by Moby on any number of streaming services. But yeah, yeah, back in the day, you just you bought that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I remember going to um, the music store, which I think was Sam Goody's, maybe, and going to the soundtrack uh, section and then looking at the back of the Gone in 60, 60 Seconds soundtrack to find out. But then it was like flower. Like there was no way for me to know that that was the song. Exactly. Um, so you don't I had even to buy know the album. which of those tracks is the one that's yeah. making you happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no flower that I can think of in the actual song. Ah, early days. 
wound up with so many CDs filled with so much music I didn't actually want to listen to. Yeah. That's a lot still... of soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's those like several good songs and you're like, oh, I must have that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you end up with all the crap songs too. Oh, yeah. Had some soundtracks to some weird movies. I know what you did last summer. Have that? Have the soundtrack to that? I don't. I don't even remember if I bought it for myself Why? or not. Some good tracks on that. I okay, sure. I mean, probably. Hoover Phonic is on that soundtrack. Okay. Don't you judge me? I'm not judging. I'm just judging. That's all. It's a funky version of Summer Breeze. You don't even know. <laughs> it's metal. Ugh. Yeah. So, wonderful start. Great start to this movie. I mean, after you get past the dumb start. And then, bam! Giovanni Ribisi and his posse are stealing a Porsche by smashing through a window and then driving it off. And it's really, really cool right up until Giovanni Ribisi, whose name I'm probably not going to say right the first time ever, Mm -hmm. challenges some dude to a street race because the woman in the car with him is attractive. Yeah. And his friends are kind of screaming at him, no, no, don't do this, stolen car, dude. And then, shockingly, it attracts the attention of cops. And then mm-hmm. they he lead the them. cops right back to the warehouse where the other 12 stolen cars are. Yeah. And then just... Yeah. I, I'm i not saying I condone murder. But if you're a criminal mm-hmm. and you're that bad at being a criminal and the man mm-hmm. you work for is a scary psychopath who murders people, that just seems like kind of natural selection to me. Like criminal natural selection. He's not meant to be doing what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Okay. So you'd say, well, why not a career change? Fine. If he's smart enough to try and change his career, then yeah, he can walk away scot-free. But guess fucking what? The second Nick Cage comes back into town to save his ass, he shows right back up again, insisting, Oh, I'm really good at stealing cars, and stop trying to take my money. This is my boost job. Yeah. He's too stupid to live, Megan. Yeah, I know. Nick Cage, they have to go get him from, like, some rural setting where he's um, adorably having children run, like, go-kart races. And you can tell he's, like, living a very, like, holistic good timey white urban whites like rural life oh yeah nothing says i'm out of the game like simplicity adorable rural super caucasianness mm-hmm. like if yeah. you're in a dusty white rural place with go-karts you are out of the fucking game yeah and they pull him back in and nick cage um has Uh, He has to go and he has to ask his mom's permission to get back in the game because apparently he left six years ago because his mom asked Nick Cage to get out the game because she didn't want his little brother following in Nick Cage's way. Footsteps? In his way. In his wake? In his footsteps. Is he a boat or a man, Megan? I don't know, Amber. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. His mom forced him out of town. Yeah, his, his to mom save, chased him away. Save his little brother from the life. You know, so at the end of the movie, Giovanni Ribisi's character has kind of been a dick. And, and apparently you're supposed to be sympathetic towards mm-hmm. his anger. 
because he thinks that that Nick Cage just just up and left. Like he just left mm-hmm. his family, left his friends like a dick. And he's like, I would yeah. never do that. I'd never walk out on the people who care about me. Right. And so Will Patton, who has been here the whole time and seems to be sort of a he seems to work for Eccleston. Yeah, he works for Eccleston, but he was um, back in the day friends with Nick Cage. Right. B- because it got lean pickings when Nick Cage left town, so he ended up working for this British gangster. Yeah, exactly. You can't blame him. Nick Cage no. left town and everything went to shit. So he, he's, he explains, like, Patton explains to Rubisi that, that Nick left because your own fucking mother told him to go to save you from the life, and then pff, here you are in the life guess that was a waste of him sacrificing everything he had and everyone he cared about and i'm thinking but it's even worse than that because not only did he get into the life but he's really shitty at it oh he's so bad at it. he's so bad at it yeah so i mean the worst case scenario of him staying was giovanni rubisi being in the life already happened Mm -hmm. but if he'd stayed maybe he wouldn't suck so hard at it either right maybe he wouldn't be in danger of being murdered by a british dude and I ha- like, and it's not even that Rubisi's character is bad at, at boosting cars and, and crime mm-hmm. in general. He's also bad at collecting a posse of people. Oh, my God. Because his crew. In the movie, every single fucking member of his crew has the opportunity to do something fucking boneheaded as shit. Yeah. It is... I don't... They can't... Every one of them. It's just... <sighs> one of them steals a car... Because the keys were in it, and he, he, it's not a car on the list, and he's just like, I want to show that I was worth something. It's like, dude. And everyone else there is like, do you wonder why the keys were in it? Because we don't have to wonder, because all of us fucking know that the only reason someone would leave a car with the keys in it in that neighborhood is because no one would be stupid enough to steal that car. And then they immediately start searching it for drugs. And it's full of them. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's just when Delroy Lindo shows up, the the police officer, you know, and so they have to all, you know, get rid of the board with all the names of the cars on it and like get rid of the heroin which was in the back of the car and act like they're just, you know, normal auto repair people. Ah uh, yes, the game of cat and mouse. Mm-hmm cop and ex-car thief no longer ex yeah he's on to him megan delroy lindo's on to him second he hits town yeah he becomes so obsessed with catching nick cage that um (laughs) he figures out about the british gangster dude and um delroy lindo and timothy oliphant are told point blank by another police officer to fucking back off because the British gangster is being investigated for murder and nobody gives a fuck about Grand Theft Auto when they're trying to pin this guy for murder. Does it stop him from chasing them? No. No, it does not. Yeah, the homicide cop walks in. He's like, Raymond Kalitri's going down for murder one. Who gives a shit about Grand Theft Auto? Really? Yeah. It's the actual line of the movie about yeah. a dude chasing really? a guy stealing cars. Yeah. They make like, it really obvious that they understand it's really dumb. It's so dumb. It's really, really dumb. Because it's hard to feel 
um, I mean, which is partly what makes this movie kind of entertaining is like, you're kind of on Nick Cage's side. He's stealing these cars to save his brother. And it's only like they're fancy ass cars. He's stealing from rich ass people who have fine insurance and will be okay. Yeah. And yeah, it's you don't feel any like animosity towards him. And, and you're like, what are these cops doing? Why are they so intent on catching him? Who the fuck cares? Yeah, he's not really hurting people by stealing those very, very, very fancy cars. Mm-hmm. In a way, I feel like he's annoying people that I already probably wouldn't <laughs> worry too hard about their feelings in general anyway. Yeah, you already advocated for stealing a... A white man's BMW in, uh, now you can see me too. He's not going to need that car as much <laughs> as the person with the late model Civic who needs it to get to and from work. Okay. Or to pick their yeah, kids I... up. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, I remember. Fuck these guys and their Ferraris. Fuck them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, but it was very amusing that they literally put a pin in it and was like, yeah, this doesn't back the fuck off. And they took the file away and stop getting in the way of this murder one. Who the like, fuck cares about Grand Theft Auto? Your career is a joke. Yep. Yeah, I think one of the least believable parts of this movie was the sheer amount of resources that Delroy Lindo and Timothy Oliphant were allowed yes. to allocate towards this grand theft. Yeah. Because... It might make sense if the rich white people had been informed that their cars were at risk. Because then you'd assume that they had the power and the connections necessary to force the police department to protect their ridiculous private property. However, that is not the case. This was just Delroy Lindo being like, oh, I'm going to get him. And so he had a bunch of squad cars watching people's cars in in the city of Los Angeles. He Mm -hmm. had... Active duty police officers just sitting and watching cars waiting for someone to steal them. Mm-hmm. What the best fuck? Use, best use of anybody's time, for and, sure. And then, of course, the the big chase scene at the end that, of course, had to happen between Delroy Lindo Obvi. and Nicolas Cage and his unicorn car, the Shelby, the one that always gives him trouble. Mm-hmm. 1967 Shelby GT500, Amber. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Those numbers and letters yeah. make it cooler. The number of people that were injured and that should have been killed. Like every scene oh my. in which something crashes or explodes or whatever, you see people jumping out of the way at the, in the nick of time. Obviously, that didn't really happen or wouldn't have really happened in these circumstances. The longer Delroy Lindo chased Nicolas Cage, the more millions of dollars of damage were done. The more people yes. were injured. It's He's stealing a car from a dealership. A mm-hmm. very expensive insured car from a dealership, and you, you, sir, just created a situation in which that patrol car just ran into a city bus filled with people. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck which, is happening which right now? all of whatever happens with that situation is going to cost more than that car. Oh, and that scene great. at the docks. Not great. When that, like, gas canister... Oh, my God. ...falls that, and just starts that... zipping around... Yeah, it was like an industrial gas canister, like not not the little ones you see in um, schools or hospitals, but like a huge ass one the size of a car gets the valve knocked off and just goes flying around like a battering ram and must have killed like 50 people. It's just very yeah. funny to watch. What is, I, I think, a very probably a very good car chase. It's very entertaining. Lots of explosions and crashes and silliness. Yeah. And think, 
this is stupid. What you're doing is stupid. Stop following him. Just let him get away. This is terrible. What you're doing is terrible. You're killing people and costing millions of dollars of damages. (laughs) You police officers, not him. (laughs) And then the second most least believable part, the most least, Uh I I just want you to make sure that you're following that this is the most least believable. Yes, got it. Is how little money Giovanni Ribisi was being paid to do this job. This was unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Amber, he was to steal 50 cars and bring them to the docks. Amber, how much are these cars worth, like individually? Well, the Shelby, with all uh-huh. the letters and the numbers, Nick Cage says was it about $80,000. Uh-huh, yep, yep. So 50 cars times, like, even if you lowball it, times $50,000 each. Although some of them were, like, fucking, like, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and had to be worth, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars themselves. Yes. Um, British dude was going to give them $200,000 for delivering what must have been millions of dollars worth of cars. A piece, though, right? Because... Rabisi's crew was like what five guys so like no. it was two hundred thousand dollars a piece right no no it was total the fuck megan yeah just more yeah. evidence that his ability to be a criminal is bullshit yeah that's like forty thousand dollars each and then by the time they get they merge the two crews like even if they were going to get paid which they didn't that would have been twenty thousand dollars a piece like that's that's ridiculously low amounts of money Sell, like, steal one of those cars and sell it. And guess what? You've made more money than that. Seems like a perfectly reasonable amount of money to risk your freedom and life for. Yeah. The hell? That doesn't make, I don't know how that got past, like, the writers. Like, it should have been $2 million bare minimum. Or half a million. Half a million at least. Because then at least you can say the word million Mm -hmm. and, and, and still feel like you're close to it. We both were stunned by that number the first time. <laughs> like, maybe we were just so youthful when we saw it, like, 20 years ago. But this, like, hit me like a brick wall. Like, you're kidding. How much? This is bullshit. You are very bad at yeah, being a criminal. Not a good negotiator. Damn. My goodness. You know who is good at being a criminal? Eccleston. For getting yes. somebody to do that for $200,000. Oh, yeah, for sure. Although he seems surprised that his uh, that it wasn't getting done, it's like yeah, you you lowball somebody who's a dipshit. Like of course you're not getting your cars on time. What'd you think, um, Amber? We've got some really good. Like we haven't totally talked about all the other folks in this movie, um, but we've got Vinnie Jones is in the mix. Um, this was my introduction plays- to Vinnie Jones, yeah. and it was delightful. A baby face, still very tall, very big. Vinnie Jones. Oh, Sphinx. I love Sphinx. You're supposed to love Sphinx. It's just... Yeah. Vinnie Jones' character is great. He's introduced... Ooh, ooh, Megan. I had a realization when I was Amber. watching the end of the movie, which I will share with you in a moment. We meet him. He's in a morgue. <laughs> yes, he is. The two guys outside the morgue are saying, you talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. He has a call. But one of us has to tell him. Well, how is he even going to take the call? And then they let him know that he has a call. And you see Vinnie Jones, big man. He takes a sandwich. He places it on one of the dead bodies. And then (laughs) he takes the phone. And Nick Cage is like, Sphinx, is that you? Press a button if that's you. Clearly, Sphinx does not speak. He presses a button. 
He works in a morgue. Everybody's scared of him, and he eats sandwiches off of dead bodies. Then, later on, Nick mm-hmm. Cage is in trouble. Another car thief who apparently didn't like Nick Cage when he used to be in the game because he like cut in on his business, played by Master yep. P. Uh huh. Yes. Decides he's gonna he's gonna mess Nick Cage up. Cool. They they start to beat him because he has a whole crew with him and he's mm-hmm. outnumbered. That's that's whatever. But then Vinnie Jones breaks the window of Master P's car. Yep. And then lights a rag that he stuck in the gas tank. He goes from zero to sixty so fucking quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, wonderful. It just makes me so happy. The one mistake, the one mistake that happens. He walks away from the explosion. Ugh. But he does turn around and look at it. He does, which is just, you know, remember it's early in his career. He's he's still getting his, uh, you know. Action man legs. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. That's fair. Because then he immediately beats the crap out of everybody. Mm-hmm. In a dirty way. He's a dirty fighter. Yes. Yes, he is. He is not afraid to grab your junk. Mm-mm. Or headbutt your fist. <laughs> he did do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you're punching speech. my face? I'm headbutting your fist, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> Dude winds up to hit him and he just headbutts his fist. <laughs> it's great. He fights like a soccer hooligan. Yeah, he does, because that's who Vinnie Jones is. Oh, uh, yeah, he was, uh, I think, a soccer player, right? That's how he started. So. The end of the movie, he makes this very insightful and philosophical observation about mm-hmm. one of the, the kids on Giovanni Ribisi's crew gets shot. And he's being cared for by Angelina Jolie and everybody's jealous because she's beautiful. He basically remarks on the fact that if this brush with death has inclined him to think twice about, you know, his, his life choices and any mistakes he's made, then he is far richer than all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody's like... Oh, you can talk, Vinnie Jones. And he's, he clearly has an English accent. And Nick Cage's response is, I thought you were from Long Beach. And everybody <laughs> just moves on. He's imparted such beautiful, brilliant, insightful wisdom. He's aggressively violent. He refuses to talk. And I've realized this. Mm-hmm. Megan, who has reason to be in a morgue? Like, who would be in a morgue performing autopsies? A, do- a doctor? Exactly. Motherfucker's probably a pathologist. <laughs> Oh, that would be fantastic. That would be amazing. <sighs> oh, actually, look, Amber, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, and it does say Dr. Sphinx. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> Let me live in this beautiful fiction. No, I he think it's... The, a... He was in a room where autopsies are performed. Yeah. I didn't see a doctor in there. He could have just been a pathology assistant. That is a distinct possibility. But, Megan, but... Vinnie Jones is an assistant to no person. Exactly. Who would want an unspeaking scary man as a pathology assistant? Well, maybe a pathologist would be cool with that because you don't necessarily go into pathology because you like talking to people. I'm not saying. <laughs> You've known too many pathologists, Amber. That's, that's fair, actually. That, that is based on personal observations. I worked for yeah. a pathology firm for nine years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of pathologists. They are often not really interested in people. Yeah, that's that's a true statement. Mm-hmm. I can back that them. up. Not all of them. Some of them can be very personable. I'm just saying mm. that Vinnie Jones would fit in. Yep. Yeah. He's a motherfucking doctor <laughs> slash car thief 
slash soccer hooligan slash car blower upper. Yes. Slash philosophical, beautiful soul. Yeah. He's great in this movie. I love him. Amber, did you know that Timothy Oliphant was um, the first pick to play um, Dom in Fast, the Fast and Furious movies? I didn't, and I hate you for telling me that. Hmm. Okay. Now I'm filled with conflict. <laughs> it's hard, right? Because, I mean, you wouldn't want to give up Vin Diesel in that role, but fuck, Timothy Oliphant in that role would have been so interesting. Exactly. You've done this to me, and I hate you for it. I read it, so I had to impart it onto you, because I can't live with this in my own brain. Don't you share that evil with me, Megan? Megan Bobby? (laughs) Yep, that's nothing. Other great characters, aside from the Sphinx, Shy McBride. Shy McBride, yes. Other than the unfortunate introduction to his character that he had to get through. Not his fault. The script was written that way. It's a job. Mm Mm-hmm. I love Shy McBride. Yeah, he's so good. He's delightful. Yeah. Probably the funniest scene Shy McBride has is he's stealing one of the ladies, because of course all mm-hmm. the cars have women's names. But of course. And he's just, you know, done all the things you need to do to actually steal a car. It's It takes skill. It takes knowledge. It takes technical mm-hmm. expertise. He's rolling out of the driveway and some guy comes at him with a gun and tries to jack him. And he is so angry. He lays the guy out. And he's like, anyone can hold a gun. It takes real skill to steal a car. I think he tells him to either get a job. He says, you need a mentor or you need a role model. That's right. You need a role model. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just the perfect amount of just outrage. Yep. How dare you, you hack. Yep. Carjacking? He lays it out. Fucking carjacking? Lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, that was great. Yeah, that was a, that was a good Chai McBride moment. Yeah. And then, of course, you got Angelina Jolie, who apparently Nick Cage left behind when he left six years ago, Amber. Yes. He, a- he asked her to come with him, but she wasn't ready to give up the life yet. But then she did give up the life because he wasn't there and it wasn't worth anything without him there. Now she's working two jobs because you, know, you have to work twice as hard when it's honest work. Um, but yeah, Angelina Jolie's not in this as much as I wish she was, but she plays just kind of an awesome character who's like, she seems to be an expert on the Italian cars and how to get them. And she works at a auto dealer or auto um, repair shop, so she knows her cars. Um, she drives like this fancy ass fucking motorcycle. Her en- her entry back into the game is beautiful. Oh yeah, rides up on this motorcycle with this long leather duster, mm-hmm. pops the helmet off, and just it's just cool. It's just fucking cool. She's just badass. Yeah. She's. Mm-hmm. The ability that Angelina Jolie has to just, like, physically embody a role, like, her physicality in general, really yep. does lend to screen presence. Yeah, it does. And you just see her and you think, fuck, she's badass. Yeah. And I gotta say, I think this was probably maybe my second Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, he... The ones before this were mostly rated R, and I technically wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies until I was 16. Ah, 
All right. So the only other Nick Cage movie that I could have seen before this was It Could Happen to You. Oh, yeah. What do you mean, uh, yeah? Wasn't that a, um, I actually don't know what that one is. Isn't that a rom-com? It is a rom-com, yeah. Yeah. What? I just, I have a general just Automatically hate rom-coms. I'm not a huge rom-com person. But this one was amazing, Megan. Was it? He plays a humble New York City cop who goes to a diner and he doesn't have any money for the tips, so he offers to split his lottery winnings with his waitress, played by Bridget Fonda. Oh, yeah, that's right. But guess what, Megan? But Amber, he didn't win that lottery, did he? Oh, but he did, Megan. Oh, fuck. But also he has a wife played by Rosie Perez, and she's super not thrilled that he split that lottery winnings with her. And so she takes it to court, and it's really ugly, and she's super materialistic. And then he falls in love with a waitress, and then Rosie Perez gets all the money, and it's really sad. But don't worry, everybody falls in love with their beautiful love story and sends them their money. Oh, okay. That's lovely. It's an odd movie. But other than that... This is like the first, and and he's not weird in that one. He's like a romantic comedy lead in that. So this was the first instance of me seeing Nick Cage, and he's pretty toned down in this, but there are a few few good good Nick Cage moments Mm -hmm. that really kind of ease you into the greatness of his weirdness. So Amber, they've decided to steal all 50 cars one night so that the police can't, you know, catch on to them. And before they, like their pump up thing is... Nick Cage asks um, them to turn on, Chad McBride to turn on Lowrider. And you see, like, the old school um, crew just, like, digging it, like, closing their eyes, getting into it. And then, like, Giovanni Ravisi's crew is like, what the fuck is happening? And then you have Nick Cage do, like, Nick Cage hands and says, okay, let's go. That's fantastic. Yeah. Even even in the way he asks for Lowrider to be put, put on, uh huh. Like, low rider, Donnie. Donnie, low rider. He doesn't. There's there's no pause in between no. the, the initial request and the second request. It's just it, for some reason it amused the crap out of me and stuck with me. Yeah. Why aren't you playing low rider already? Come on. Low rider, Donnie. Donnie. Low rider. You should know this. Where's my? Where's? I, I need my. I need my low rider, Donnie. So Amber, at the end of this, um, Nick Cage finally gets back there with the Shelby GT five hundred. And um, he's 12 minutes late and Kalitri's mad at him because, of course, during the whole car chase, um, the Shelby got damaged. And he says, I asked for 50 cars, not 49 and a half. And uh, so he's going to just go ahead and kill Nick Cage because uh, the deal was not um, finalized. And uh, so there's a shootout. And, of course, um, the police have followed uh nick cage back to the bad guy's lair and the police get involved and blah 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 nick cage ends up um saving lindo's life by um tossing kalitri off of a um big old staircase and murdering him i mean you know he he shoved him he 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 heroically shoved him and right before he was gonna shoot delroy and gravity did the rest yeah exactly and <laughs> after all this, Amber, after all of this, Delroy Lindo says, you should just go. I'll clean up here. Oh, I, 
You endangered countless lives, cost the city millions of dollars when he was a car thief. That was one mm-hmm. thing. But yeah. now that he's killed a guy, you, you just go. I get it. Get out here, you scamp. A brother's love. <laughs> I get it. We've all been there. You just saved my life. You know, this is this is just a dead guy that I was expressly forbidden from going anywhere near. And I am definitely, definitely on trouble for all oh, of that so property damage. Um. I think it'll be cool if I show up with just the corpse of this guy and not you. I think it'll be Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And it is made more amusing by the fact that as Nick Cage is leaving, he's like, oh, hey, you should check out this shipping container where all the cars are stashed. Yes. Delroy Lindo doesn't even ask for that. You would think, you would think that that if he's not going to bring Nick Cage in and all he has is the corpse of a guy who he shouldn't have been anywhere near. Right. His career is probably over no matter what, but at the very least, maybe if he brought in the cars, if he could He'd just be. bring in the cars, it, yeah. it it would ingratiate him him to like tons of asshole millionaires who have a lot of pull. Right. Nope. Doesn't, doesn't even, even occur to him. Doesn't nope. even occur to him. He's Mm-mm. just like, go on. It's fine. It's cool. Whatever. Yeah. And Nick Cage is like, oh, hey, you know, the cars that you Remember were obsessed with until yeah. like 20 seconds ago, maybe you should go get those. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's yeah. great. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I love and that. Then, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. So obsessed with catching Nick Cage, and guess what? Now that he's finally murdered a person, he can go. I love bad movies. They are yeah. so silly, stupid, and fun. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't have to be rules. We just no. do things. We just do them. Delroy Lindo is is a lot of fun to watch. He he has a Nick Cagey energy about him, or maybe Nick Cage has a Delroy Lindo energy about yeah, him. Yeah, it's true. I don't know which chicken had the egg, but yeah, two he sides definitely of the same has, coin. He definitely has some fun, weird energy going this entire time. So Amber on the rock scale, uh, with R being regrettable, O uh, outstanding, C being craze balls, and K being K. Nah, what nah, do nah. you call this movie? You call this movie? I call it craze balls, Amber. Obviously, it's craze balls. This movie's craze balls. You got car chases. You got Nick Cage being like mostly a normal person and then sometimes just Nick Caging for yep. the camera. Some of that weirdness spice. Excellent. Delroy Lindo, Shy McBride, mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie, Vinnie Jones, action. Yeah. All underutilized but had, you know, fun moments. Angelina Jolie probably had the least the least on-screen fun moments time. Probably the, the most, yeah. the thing that I remember the most from her character that like, you know, sticks out as a happy mm-hmm. moment is when uh, he follows her to her second job at the bar and uh, she she suggests they go outside and strip one of the cars. Yep. For fun. Yeah. And for then funsies. just waggles her eyebrows at him. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. it stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a ridiculously delightful movie. Yeah, it's just shiny and fun the way a good bad movie should be. Hey, Megan, do an Abby story. I will do an Abby story. So, Amber, um, this comes before um, we painted Abby's room. And uh, Erica was asking her what color Abby wanted the room painted. And Abby said, five. Megan, that's a number. That's a number. And Erica said, five colors? And Abby said, yes, that she wanted it. Um, what did she say? She wanted it pink and purple and blue and black and green. And then she said, and also she wanted it pink and orange 
and she, while she's doing this, she's like putting out her fingers um, to name the colors. And then she says, an orange, orange on my pinky. So you were also supposed to be painting her pinky. Um, no, I think she would just wanted to be clear that she was naming orange on her pinky. Oh, finger. I see. She was using her pinky to explain that. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, it's, yeah. that makes sense. Sorry. That's yeah. on me. That's on me. It was, yeah, exactly. it was very clear and I'm the one who complicated things. Five. She wants her room painted five. Was was her room painted five? No, we only painted it purple. Then why even ask? <laughs> Good point. Amber, do you have a recommendation? I do have a recommendation, Megan. It's not a great one, but that's okay. okay. I don't have to editorialize. I can, sure. and I did, and here we are now, together, in this place. Uh-huh. This place of my making. Mm-hmm. This coffin of my own design. <laughs> Okay. Well, remember Eccleston made his own oh, coffin? Yeah, he well, did. So technically, I think he said he made it for Giovanni Ribisi because, you know, he's a woodworker. He's very proud of his woodworkings. And then when he falls, guess where he falls, Megan? He falls right into his coffin. That, yeah, that was does. a good touch. Yeah. Ha. On to my recommendation. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Shy McBride. And there's an obvious show that one would obviously think that I would obviously suggest for many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm not going to suggest it. So I'm going to recommend another show that only had two seasons and also stars Shy McBride. Oh my god. <laughs> How do you do this? Do you have like, is there a Wikipedia page that's like, two season shows? <laughs> two season quirky shows? No, this is just how I live my life, man. <laughs> Based on my natural tastes, mm-hmm. I tend to gravitate towards shows that are inevitably going to be cancelled. Yeah. Case in point, Human Target. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, you know about this show? I remember the name and like commercials for it. I never watched it. That's fair. It's it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on, I think, in 2010. I think it only had 20 to 25 episodes. Mm-hmm. It stars uh, Mark Valley, Shy McBride, and Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, it is based on a DC comic of the same name. Uh, Mm -hmm. White guy plays, uh, Mark Valley, white guy plays uh, like a sort of an agent, like a MacGyver slash Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible kind of dude. Like, you know, he gets in between, he bodyguards people, keeps Mm -hmm. them from getting hurt. But then he also has his own mysterious past that needs to be dealt with because he apparently used to work for a shady organization as like an assassin or something. And Jackie Earl Haley is also, he's like a hitman or mercenary or something but he's friends with mark valley's character and he's kind of scary and and that amuses me <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous show it's kind of action pieces underlying mystery and dira varma is in quite a few episodes so they, there mm-hmm. are a bunch of people who kind of come through yeah it's a silly kind of action comic booky show yeah shy mcbride has been in a, a dc dc product that's awesome uh, and nice. he's great. He's Shy McBride in it. So I fully support you trying to hunt it down and watch it. I don't know how you will do that. <laughs> I don't. Good luck, motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, let me see, actually. No, it looks like if you have a DC Universe subscription, you should be able to watch it. So yeah, Human Target. It's a weird little action-y show with Shy McBride in it. I haven't Excellent. described it well, but now you know it exists, and you can look it up yourself and determine whether or not it's something you're interested in. It wasn't something that I was really, really into, but it was good enough, and I love Shy McBride. Speaking of Shy McBride... And a two-season show. I'm going to recommend Pushing Daisies because I have finished it. The fuck? 
is wrong with you? <laughs> you know what? You know why I think you're so proud of this? Because you have not seen so much shit that you're yeah. just going to lord over the one thing the that one you've thing. watched that I haven't watched all of. Yes, absolutely. And I was I was sure that you'd watched all of this show. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe I was very I... busy when it was on air, apparently. Well, maybe because I, you know, thought I had faith in your, like, good taste and sound judgment, but... What is wrong with you? <laughs> Didn't think you'd give up so quickly on such a great show, but, you know. Yeah, Pushing Daisies. Uh, Chai McBride is in it. Um, he plays a private investigator. Um, the show is about a pie maker um, who's played by Lee Pace, who has a talent of if he touches somebody who's dead, they come back alive. Um, but if he doesn't touch them again and return them to death within 60 seconds, somebody else takes their place and dies. And then if he touches, no matter what, if he touches them again, they die. So he's in, so essentially he joins um, a company with the private investigator and he's very... Um, has a good way of telling who killed somebody because he just kind of touches the people uh, who died and asks them who killed them. And um, it's very much a fairy tale kind of setting. It's very quirky. It's very, like, bright colors, but then they're very much dealing with, like, these fairly grotesque and terrible things that are happening to people because they're investigating murders for the most part um and of course lee pace has brought back his um childhood sweetheart from the dead kind of accidentally um and he can't ever touch her again because if he touches her again she'll die so you know creates a predicament drama mm -hmm. yeah it's it's fantastic kristen chenoweth is in it yeah it's it's delightful it's just such a fun show all right well bye megan this has been fun Mm-hmm. Amber, I would like to close out by saying um, that people should follow us on Twitter, uh, Bad Movies Rock, or, uh, yeah, email us shit, Bad Movies Rock Podcast at Gmail. Those are the best ways to get in touch with us. Or don't. You do you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, as I always say at the end, I would like to say, can't stop the rock. Nope, 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 nope. Can't stop. The Rock can't nope. stop. The Rock can't nope. stop. The Rock just stop it right stop now. The Rock just stop right now. I can't stop the Rock, Amber. I can't stop the Rock. Can't stop the Rock. Can't stop. The Bye, rock. Megan. Bye, Amber. Can't stop the Rock. Can't stop the Rock.